<coughs> we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. The Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to The Bear Essentials. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we recap the Bears' preseason victory over the Titans and much, much more. Hey, Doug, what's the good word, famo? Man, everything is good over here, Prez. I'm loving the sunshine. I'm all good, my brother. That's what's up, man. I just made it back from the South. As you know, it's been a long week, a long weekend. But listeners, you know I wasn't going to miss this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you had Say Travels back, my brother. Yes, sir, man. It was a good time out there, man. Bears Nation was represented, man. They was out there doing their thing yesterday, boy. That's what I'm talking about, baby. We got a jam-packed show today, listeners. Before we get into our Bears recap for the game yesterday against the Titans, we got a lot of other things we want to just clear up. We want to close out the loop on Bears training camp, and we also want to talk about some of the notable news that's gone on since the last time we recorded. A-Dub, the Raiders. What they doing, man? They calling Ryan Pace trying to get Khalil back? I saw that in the news cycle last week. I was like, man, y'all better leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, the Raiders tripping, man. They already know Mac didn't want to sign an extension with them. Why would he want to go back? So they got to let that go. That's the thing. They had the opportunity. Mac wanted the money. They didn't want to pay him because they were moving into that big-ass stadium in Vegas. The owner was like, nope, I'm not paying him that money. So guess what? Leave us alone. Y'all made a dumbass trade, and your boy Gruden was over here trying to right his wrong, and it just don't work like that, Gruden. We understand the value of Khalil Mack. That's why we got him on our team. We're glad you all trade him to us, but guess what? You all made some failures on your side of the table, So, and now you regret it. That's on you guys. We're not trading back to you all. Let it go. That's right. So, yeah, obviously the Bears were not interested, and once the Raiders made that phone call, A-Dub, they had to go in a different direction. But at the end of the day, Khalil Mack entering his fourth year with the Bears here, and I'm hoping for a major, major season from one Khalil Mack. We both are. We got one of the best in the game, Perez. We're going to enjoy this. Yes, sir. One piece of news from the week that didn't surprise you and me and probably most of the Bears nation out there was Javon Wims was released. They dug. Talk to him. A lot of negative connotation that goes along with them, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, Perez, I don't advocate for anyone being cut. You know, I like to see guys do their thing. But he did. He did not do well with us. We still remember the drop pass you know, in the playoff game. We remember the fight, and we remember him not having a great training camp with the team. He didn't stand out. So it's not a surprise for us to see that he got cut. I'm not out here either advocating for people to lose their jobs. But at the end of the day, man, we always say it on the show. The NFL is a results-oriented business, right? So you got to right. get your job done. And, and he did not. He's known more for boneheaded plays than he is at, for actual plays on the field. I mean, when you think about Javon Williams, you think about punching yep. <laughs> Gardner Johnson. And you think about him dropping that touchdown in the end zone against the Saints in the playoffs. Right. 
that's not good on his part, man. And um, we got a loaded wide receiver group here. So it was going to be even tougher for him to make this roster here. Fair point. We're going to definitely uh, touch on that a little bit later in the show, but that's a good point, A-Dub, because it was going to be an uphill battle for him to make this roster anyway. And also, too, I do want to give him a little bit of a shout-out here. I mean, he was a seventh-round draft pick. So, I mean, I thought he did well for himself to at least last in the league as long as he did. Maybe another team will give him a shot here, but he wasn't going to be able to contribute this year on this team. Like you said, that position group is pretty loaded. So, Javon Williams, hey, man, best wishes to you. But you and I both have been saying this for the longest, uh, A-Dub. Why is he on the team? Right, right. And I wish him well, Prez, you know, in his future endeavors. I hope he's able to land on someone else's team and do well. Now, one thing that I wanted to revisit, because I saw yesterday, A-Dub, that Gardner Minshew was traded from the Jags to the Eagles. And in that trade, I saw how the Jags have gotten rid of him and got like, what, a six-round draft pick? And I think it could be a fifth-round draft pick if Gardner Minshew plays a certain number of games. So then I thought about, okay, so they got rid of Gardner Minshew, got a fifth-round pick in return. Meanwhile, Ryan Pace, when they made the move to bring Nick Foles here, what they do, A-Dub, we gave up a fourth-round pick, restructured Nick Foles' deal, and gave him $21 million guaranteed. So I'm looking at these deals and I'm like, this is just another example of another miss by Ryan Pace. So when I think back on this damn deal, I'm like, this thing just looks worse and worse. Every move that happens out there with these trades that happen with quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, man. It seems like Ryan Pace is team friendly of giving everyone what they want. And we get to take the biggest hit of all that. So you're right, Perez. That's a good point to bring up. And we hate to see these kind of losses happen to the Bears like this year, but it still always come back to bite Ryan Pace in the butt at times. Yeah, it really does. And we're going to get into some Nick Foles talk a little bit later in the show. I just wanted to revisit that deal because I will say this. Nick Foles, he looked pretty solid in the game yesterday. As, as I mentioned, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But I think that the only true way to mitigate how bad this trade was is by getting something in return for him by shipping him out of town. But we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. All right, let's close the loop on training camp. So you and I spent a ton of time out there at Howells Hall. Chicago Bears put on a great experience. I was critical of certain points in camp where I thought they took it a little easy on the team. I also think that was probably due to injuries and things of that nature. But Adel, let's talk to the audience about some of our takeaways from training camp. So the first thing, and obviously the thing that everybody probably wants to hear about, is the quarterback position. I think it's only a matter of time before Justin Fields starts the game. It's not if, but it's when. Absolutely, man. Justin Fields has been fantastic throughout this training camp. I know he has some, some small ups and downs, right? Some growing pains a little bit of that. But for the most part, Perez, he's been stellar. So there's no issues there from a quarterback standpoint, you ask me. We got two quarterbacks. Both of them look pretty good. Yeah, and and A-Dub, let's just be honest here. This unofficial quarterback competition, this thing was uh, such a relief from what we dealt with last year. We talked about the battle last year between Mitch and Foles. I mean, it feels good to be in a situation where at least you have two options there, quarterback, that don't make you cringe when you see them on the field. Absolutely, Prez. But I'm with you, though, with Fields. He looks sharp. Fields does not look like a backup quarterback. He looks like a starter at this point. Yeah, and one of the things, too, that I want to make sure that people – realize when you look at the quarterback position, I thought the fields and Dalton both looked pretty solid out there in practices every day. Right. But fields was the one that every time I was out there at Hallis hall, he made a wild play every practice. Even when he sat out that one practice on a Wednesday 
and he made the wild play throwing the ball into the bucket during the accuracy drill. I mean, just little things like that matter. Yeah, Perez, you're right, man. And then I like his mobility. The fact that how he make plays, he'll run the football, make a great throw, and things of that nature. And you're like, man, this kid can bring some excitement. So I'm with you there, man. He did bring all that kind of excitement that Andy Dalton really didn't bring. No, that's a fair point. And I know when we when we first saw training camp open up, Justin Fields had some growing pains that first week of practice. But I'm telling you, A-Dub, once he settled in, brother, he started to string together solid practice after solid practice. And I think we're in really good hands with this kid leading the way in the future for this ball club. Without a doubt, Perez, we're in good hands. And the kid has learned, man, over this course of time from training camp, pretty much putting a lot of work into his craft and learn the playbook. You can see it, man, on the field. This kid has got to that point to where now he's feeling very comfortable, Perez, in his own skin and with the playbook. No, for sure. The other takeaway that I had just from the practices is the fact that I wish that Fields would have gotten more time with the number one offense in those practices. That was the only thing, because Dalton took all of the reps with the first-team offense, and that means that he got to go up against that bear starter defense, right? Correct. so... I just wish that there would have been more opportunities for Justin to face that type of talent. At the end of the day, Dalton had a solid training camp. We've talked about it. He had very low expectations coming into training camp. A-Dub, we joked about it. When they signed Dalton, this fan base was depressed about that move. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct, man. That is correct. It was so much excitement about possibly getting other, you know, quarterbacks out there much better than him, but it didn't turn out that way. And then we end up getting Justin Fields. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, <laughs> so it, it put a lot of pressure on Andy Dodd, you know, and I, I feel bad for him in a way, Perez. But hey, he came in trying his best and he's trying to make the best of the situation here. Doesn't it seem like it was years ago that we thought that we were getting Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson? And I mean, there were so many names that were getting thrown out there. <laughs> that seemed like it was so long ago. <laughs> yes, it does, man. Yes, it does. It gave us all kind of heartaches, right? Thinking that we're going to get one of those guys and then end up with Andy Dalton. But you're right. The fact of the buildup of those names being thrown out there, Press, that was huge for us. We were like, hey, we can get one of these guys. And then Andy Dalton landed for us. But again, after that, we got Justin Fields. It's just been on from there, Perez. So that's been a lot of excitement for this football team since getting Justin Fields. And I will tell you one thing. Ryan Pace, if he hadn't traded up to get Justin Fields after we had this Tevin Jenkins debacle, Ryan Pace would be in a lot of trouble right now with this fan base. So Justin Fields, not only has uh, definitely been as good as advertised, he actually saved Ryan Pace's ass with the fan base a little bit. Perez, I think you can go a little step further. <laughs> we don't have Justin Fields, man. This may look ugly. I'm just going to call it what it is. Absolutely. Another area that I want to touch on with the audience is running back position. So we are obviously going to see Tariq Cohen open up the season on the IR. He didn't really do much out there. Every practice I saw, you know, he was just chilling because he's on the pub list. He would do right. like some light jogging here and there, but he still is working his way back to getting out there on the field. But however, A-Dub, when I look at this running back position group, I'm pretty confident in what we see out there, right? So we got Montgomery. We got Damian Williams. We got Khalil Herbert. You know, so those are some guys that I feel very confident about going forward. But what are your thoughts there about that running back group? I think the biggest surprise to a lot of people probably has been Herbert. I mean, he's actually done a phenomenal job for his playing on special teams and also taking those reps in the backfield. So he's been doing very good for us. I'm excited to see him play. Hopefully get some time out there, man, when the season starts. Another area, offensive tackle. Now, we talked about this offensive line being an area of concern for us earlier in the offseason. But I will tell you this one thing. 
I'm confident that Whitehair, Mustafer, and Daniels, I feel very good about that interior of the offensive line. The areas that I just have a little bit of concern right now are those tackles. Jason Peters, from what I saw of him at camp and the brief a little bit I saw him in the game yesterday, I was pleasantly surprised that he looked good. He looked solid out there. But I still have a lot of questions about Jermaine Effetti. And I'm wondering if just more of what we see for Effetti is him working the rust off because he missed a lot of time at camp with the hip flexor. But A-Dub, that offensive line is going to be an area that I think if we don't get this stuff figured out, this is a seven-win ball club if we have offensive line issues this season. Prez, the offensive line is huge to this team, to any team pretty much. But you're right, for us, yeah, our tackle is going to be the biggest key factor of watching on that line, like you're saying, Prez. Peters, how he's doing at his age and also his conditioning. Is he ready for a long season, you know? And then a Fetty, right? He didn't look good the last game, last preseason game. He wonder how great he's going to be when the season starts. Maybe like you say, Perez, maybe it is rust. But the thing is, we want to see results. We want to see good blocking. We want to see, you know, some guys able to get through those holes there. So that's going to be something we're going to pay close attention to throughout this season. No, that's definitely facts right there, A-Dub. Definitely facts right there. Let's go over to the other side of the line. Let's go about the defensive line, A-Dub. So the defensive line, and this is a group that you and I have been lauding all offseason, all preseason, and I'm telling you, this is the deepest position group on this roster right now. And let's just briefly talk about the type of talent they got on this defensive line right now. Hakeem fucking Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols. I mean, wow, those names right there are sick. Then you got Mario Edwards Jr. You got Big Tonga, the rookie for BYU, who has really been impressing me. And then Angelo Blackson. So you got a veteran there in the mix as well. This is a very deep position group, A-Dub. Man, Perez, a deep group that I am proud of. First of all, welcome back, Eddie Goldman. Man, it's good to have him back, Perez. It really is. So I'm excited for to see him come back and play uh, with this team. You already hit it on the head with Hicks, man. Another great one. You're right. This group, this core here is loaded, Perez. We got depth right here. We really do. And this is going to be the strength of that defense here in 2021. Now, we can't properly close out the loop on training camp without talking about Robert Quinn. Now, this is somebody that was on our players to watch list for 2021. He's someone that you and I have been very critical of. And I'm just going to say from all of my time out there in Hallis Hall, from what I've seen so far of him, I still think that he remains the weakest link on this defense, A-Dub. Prez, it's sad to say that, but you're right. I have not been impressed with him at all. Maybe still fighting through injury, Prez, for whatever reason, but he does not look like that guy that we got from Dallas. No, not at all. And this is the thing also, too. With some concerns that I have with the secondary, you and I have talked about this, pass rush is going to be something that's going to be imperative for this defense. So when you have a situation with a guy, Robert Quinn, that's not getting to the quarterback, that he's not making plays in the running game, it's just, it's not a good look, bro. And especially with the fact that we're down Kyle Fuller. So we lost that lockdown all pro corner. It's really imperative for a guy like Robert Quinn to step it up because Jalen Johnson is the only constant in that, in that cornerback room right now. And he's only in his second year. Right, right. And you make a good point, Perez. We're going to need Robert Quinn to apply pressure. If he can't do that, Perez, that's going to suck really badly. And also it's going to hurt the defense for sure. But then the other thing you hit, Perez, is him when it comes down to stopping the run. Mm -hmm. He has not been great at that at all, Perez. He wasn't that great with it last year. 
And so far, as we've seen so far, he has not been graded with it this year. So it's concerning, Perez. It really is. Yeah, man. So we'll definitely be monitoring that over the course of the season here. But I will say, and, and this is something that you brought up on the last episode, don't be surprised, listeners, that we see those reps for Robert Quinn cut again this season. But we'll we'll discuss that a little bit later on here in the show. Absolutely. All right. My last preseason takeaway before we close the loop on the 2021 preseason and training camp. Special teams, a dub. Now, this time around, we don't have any sort of kicking competition or a kicking controversy. We got none of that bullshit. None. Know who our kicker is going to be? <laughs> we're good there. We actually got two of them, so we're <laughs> right. actually very good there with the kicking position. But however, a dub, I wanted to get your thoughts because when I look at our coverage units, I still have some concerns there with our punt return coverage and also with what we're seeing on kickoff return coverage. Yeah, Perez. That has been an issue, coverage. It really has been. And we have not done a great job at that, Perez. So I'm hoping that we go into the season much more prepared and Nagy taking the time out, you know, with these last few practices, whatever he has until the season start, to really shirt it up. But you're right, that just has been a concern of mine, Perez, even through preseason. And another thing, too, that I wanted to bring up to the audience, a lot of those practices, we talked to you guys about the fact that the number of returners they were trotting back out there at punt returner. And I don't think that Nagy still has a clear handle on who's going to handle that responsibility because we saw that it's been Demir Bird back there. We've seen situations where they've had Daz Newsom back there. Right. You know, they they don't really know who they have in that part return or the kickoff return rotation. I think Cleo Herbert will end up getting the job. But when I'm looking at it, I still think that's not going to be the strength of this team like it was last year when you had a quarter of Patterson back there at kickoff return. Yeah, Chris. With kickoff return, you're right. Looks like Herbert has been the guy who's probably got the most opportunity there to play at that position. I'm hoping that he can steal it up. But you're right, Chris. It's not as strong as it was last season. It's going to be something we're going to continue to work at throughout the season. Yeah, so that's definitely something that we're going to have to keep our eyes on, you know, going into this regular season. And I hope that's just something that, you know, they're looking into as we start to get down to the roster cut down. Maybe there's some people on some other rosters maybe to come in here and, and you know, give us something here. Because you never know what Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy are thinking at the back end of that roster, which we're going to give our predictions on roster cut predictions a little bit later in the show. But, A-Dub, let's get into the game recap from yesterday. So, as we mentioned, Bears won yesterday, 27-24 to 24 over those Titans. I want to give the audience some of my pregame thoughts, A-Dub, before we get into the actual nuts and bolts of the show. So, you and I both asked for Nagy to give Justin Fields a start. Now, obviously, he started in the third preseason game, so not the biggest uh, test for him, but I still thought it was really cool that he got some of those reps and he got a chance to start. And that's something that you and I have been really hoping that we got Justin Fields out there and more reps with the number one offense. So we saw that a little bit, even though he wasn't throwing to your A-Robs and any of the, his main weapons that he would actually work with over the course of the season. But nevertheless, Justin Fields got his start yesterday. Yeah, Perez, I was excited to see him get the start, right? I think we all been pushed for him to play, you know, get the start and also play with the first shooting, right? Looks like he got a chance to really go out there and play with a lot of the guys there and, um, you know, and show us something. So I was kind of excited to see him get those reps in. That's right, because he was able to uh, play behind the starting offensive line. So right. I thought that that mattered, even though uh, Jermaine Effetti missed that fucking block. But <laughs> That's another thing. <laughs> we'll get into a, that. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to get into that. But also... Jason Peters made his debut at left tackle. So 
A-Dub, what did you think about Jason Peters yesterday in that game? I thought he was okay, Prez. When Fields got sacked, that was concerning to me because he also screwed up him and Fetty. They both didn't do well on, on blocking, right? And I was like, oh, man, didn't look so good. And then also, when uh, Damian Williams was running, you know, at times, he didn't get a good push from those guys from Peters. And I was like, oh, man, he doesn't look like he's ready right now. So I still think Peters needs some time, Prez. Needs some time to continue working on his conditioning. Enough more time, more time to get into shape, Prez. You can still see some rust there in him. Yeah, and that's a fair fact because one of the things that I noticed with him when I was out at Hallis Hall this past week was, yeah, he did struggle with his conditioning. And that's why even in the game yesterday, I was wondering, I'm like, is he going to be able to uh, stay in this first half of this ball game? Because there was a lot of heat there yesterday. It was very muggy. So he, um, he actually, from a conditioning standpoint, he held up well. But I will say this. You're right. He had a couple of missteps there. He didn't get the push that I was thinking he was going to get in the run game. But I thought right. that was a general thing that I saw that offensive line not getting a lot of push because the running game just didn't get much done yesterday. No, perfect. It's a perfect statement right there, Chris. It wasn't just him. So he was not alone in that department there. So you're right. The rest of the offensive line did struggle in that area too. And we couldn't get any good running going really with that unit. Right. Now, another thing that I briefly touched on earlier when we opened the show was that outside corner in their slot position. So my last thought prior to entering this game, A-Dub, was are any of these guys going to separate themselves in this competition? So what were your thoughts there with the outside corner guys and also with the slot corners? Prez, to me, they did not separate themselves. I was not impressed with Duke Shelley. Uh, I thought he gave up a lot happening there. So it's like these guys really didn't show that they wanted that position and want to be part of this team, even as a starter, Perez. And so I had my concerns there. So I was kind of disappointed, I would say, in our unit. Yeah, so let's. I'm, I'm just going to just kind of peel the layers back just real quick. So you mentioned a name, Duke Shelley. I thought that Duke Shelley, from what I've noticed of him, has been so-so. I think Duke Shelley has not done enough to truly separate himself. And let's just... Let's just call it what it is in a situation with, with a guy like this. His third year in the league. He's given an opportunity here to take a, a spot. He has the opportunity to take that slot corner. But if you look at his performance against the Titans, A-Dub, he didn't show me anything to suggest that he should win that job. I thought he's been pretty inconsistent most of this preseason. The last point that I have on Duke Shelley is you don't know what you're going to get from him in coverage. Dude, he's so unreliable. That's not what you want from somebody at that position. Your nickel corner needs to be able to fucking cover. Because most of the time, that person that he's covering on third down, he's going to probably get targeted. You want your defense to get off the field in that moment? And Duke Shelley, from what I've seen, is not someone that I think is going to be able to stop those completions. No, he could not, Press. And he got beat a little bit too many times for me, Press. And, and sometimes, some of those times, he got beat wide. It was like, man, that's a big margin of a gap there. All you can do is get the tackle. You know what I'm saying? So I was very disappointed in him, for sure. And now let's talk about Kendall Vildor. Because I thought, as well with the situation with him, He's had a huge opportunity because Desmond Trufant has missed a lot of time. He's been pretty right. MIA. He he had a, a family situation. We had someone in his family that passed away. So he's actually been away from the team. But this opened up an opportunity for Vildor to take the starter role. And That's I correct. thought this was a crystal clear opportunity for him to do so. And I don't really think that he took advantage of all his reps there. So that'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with that cornerback position outside of Jalen Johnson. 
I'm with you, Prez, with Vildor as well. Now, Vildor had a good training camp, you know, was making some noise there, Prez, but it kind of like he fell off a little bit, right? And you kind of see during these preseason, he didn't stand out, bro. Last preseason game, you're like, okay, where is Vildor? Is he going to make an impact? He did not make a strong impact at all in the game. Well, yeah, I mean, let's just be honest. In that Bills game, Mitch Trubisky was hitting him with those slants, and, and he wasn't looking good against him. And also, Vildor had to play a lot in the game yesterday. And you know why that was? Because they wanted to get another look and see what he had. Same thing with Duke Show. Yep. Can they be the guys, right? And what this showed is that these guys still need some development. That's a good point. So, A-Dub, talk to our listeners from your standpoint of who is the player that you think gained the most from playing yesterday. I'm sure you're going to probably name one of the guys that I'm thinking out of the top of my head, but who, who you got? Horstead? Looks like he yes, came. Yes, <laughs> Look, he gained a lot of fans, man. He played his ass off. He really did, Prez. He played very good, you know, uh, with Nick Foles. He also played good with Justin Fields. So he got a chance to see two different quarterbacks, and he did hold his own ground. This is a guy you probably didn't think would probably even make the roster. You probably thought he was on his way off the door. He just kind of came out and said, look, this is my last stint. I'm going out with a bang. And he sure in the hell did. Well, that's what you're supposed to do in those moments. When you're entering that last preseason game, you have to have the performance that Jesper Horstead had. And I will say this, to be honest with you, A-Dub, I didn't have him making the roster prior to this game. When I was going through my breakdown of the roster, I had four other tight ends on the roster making it, and I didn't have him making it. Now I'm looking at it, I'm like, you got to find a way to get this guy on the team. Yeah, I'm with you, Press. Because you're right. I actually I thought he was done too until that game. I'm like, okay, now this is what Nagy was talking about of guys in his press. He was talking about guys who can probably make an impression by making some good plays. Well, Jesper just did that. So you're right, Press. We've all kind of wrote him off. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily wrote him off, but what I will say, Dub, is just because that tight end group is so talented, they have a lot more talent on it than they've had in recent years, that I just thought it was just going to be a simple numbers game that would have just edged them out a little bit. But I'm telling right. you, they're going to have to figure this out because I want this guy on this 53-man roster. <laughs> yeah, man. But you're right. The tight end spot is now is loaded, Press. Yeah. You, you already had Graham and Commit, so now you got these other guys, and it's like, hey, we got some competition here of guys who want to make the roster. So you're right. We got some tough decision to make when it brought into that, the tight end spot. That's true. Very true. I'm just going to kick this question over to you. I mean, he had three touchdowns. Which one to you was the most impressive one? Was it the one-handed catch that he made, or was it that catch that he made in the end zone on that Justin Fields dime ball? That one-hand grab, man, I got to say, there was some excitement around that, though, Prez. I'm not going to lie to you, man. He kind of took that with that one hand, nice little soft touch on that hand. Kept it moving with it, baby. So it was like a guy, because the thing is about it, Press, it was the move he made. He made like a double move to get open, man. I'm like, oh, this guy got some good route running ability. So for me, that was more impressive. Yeah, you know what? I love the one-handed one, but I think I really like the first one, the one with Justin Fields, because it was a scramble drill. Yeah. And that, to me, showed awareness from the tight end of being able to say, you know what? Justin Fields is out of the pocket. I'm going to now leak out. And that's why the threat of having a Justin Fields at your quarterback spot is going to be very damaging to NFL defenses because of plays like that. Because those are plays that can happen when you have a guy like that can extend plays with his legs and guys can then now scramble drill and get open. I mean, look at a guy like Darnell Mooney. Can you imagine what he'll be able to do in a scramble drill when you got fucking Justin Fields moving around back there? He can eat. 
No, Press, you hit a good point with that, what you just shared there on all counts of Justin Fields and Jasper, right? And that's what you want to see right there, Press. From a quarterback, and you have a tight end or wide receiver out there. You want to make sure you're on the same page as those guys when you extended the drive, extended plays. So I like what I saw there. You're right. That was a hell of a catch there, Press. And Justin Fields put that in the position to where only he can get it, Press. Right. But anything is off the shoulder, right? Turned over, made a great, a hell of a catch, man, in traffic. So you got to love that. Well, that's the thing that we've all seen from Justin Fields. I mean, you look at his tape from Ohio State, his accuracy on the run, his accuracy throwing the ball down the field. I mean, it was crystal clear on that play right there. And that one play right there showed you why this is going to be a guy that's going to be starting at some point this season. Because you just, when I saw that throw, I said, you know what? You can't teach shit like that, man. You either have it or you don't. No, exactly, Perez. You either have it or you don't. But the one thing I want to make sure I just elaborate what you shared there, Perez, is his accuracy. Man, bro, he is throwing dimes, man. Like, these are on the money passes, Perez. Like, wow, how the hell do you get that in there, right? Making players look even better with this accurate throwing. No, fair point. So let me get your thoughts then now. So we talked about that big-time throw that he made. What did you think about the rest of Justin Fields' performance from yesterday in that first half? What I thought about him in general, because I think you didn't think about, what, maybe six attempts or something like that, Perez. Wasn't a lot of attempts he got. But one thing I will say, Perez, he made things happen uh, when he was out there in, in the pocket um, and getting outside the pocket, right, to make plays. I mean, the guy can really make some stuff happen. And I like his accurate throwing. I like that part of it, putting us in good positions to um, make a play. And that's one thing that Justin Fields do a great job at doing. And then also, if nothing there, Perez, he can take off. Mm-hmm. He know when to use his wheels. The one play I saw with him press, he made his made his move press, and he got the hell down on the ground, all right, without sustaining any punishment. So that's the part I'm looking forward to seeing from him is getting out of dodge and not getting hurt. No, yeah, and to let you know, he had ten passes. He completed seven of the ten. Okay, ten. Okay, cool, cool. But but one thing that I wanted to touch on with you, A Dub, is the fact that we didn't get to see a lot of Justin Fields in that first half because the Tennessee Titans controlled the game. They had the time of possession battle one. And so we didn't get to see a lot of Justin Fields, but what we did get to see of him, just from my standpoint, I thought that we saw a lot of Justin Fields trying to make throws from the pocket. He was trying to go through his reads. So it's obviously it was something he was trying to work on, just making sure that he was making good pinpoint passes. Right. And so it wasn't like a spectacular performance, but he still took care of the football. He's had no turnovers in the preseason. That's a big key factor right there, Perez. No turnovers, right? That's what you want to see out your quarterback in general. A quarterback who cannot turn the ball over. That's what you That's what you want right there. Don't turn the ball over. We're in good shape. But the one thing I want to piggyback on what you were sharing about Justin Fields, Perez, was around those first couple possessions, right? I know we had a couple things that went on in those first couple, couple possessions that we were running the football, right? We didn't muster anything up. We're running. And then we had, you know, um, in those three possessions, we had a couple penalties on the offensive line. So that does hurt his ability to make some things happen, Perez. When you go down that path, Perez, makes it harder for your quarterback. So you're right. He was put in some tough positions from our offensive line. No, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. But as expected, when I look at this situation with Fields, and this is a point that I brought up from the first preseason game that he was in, they have him in a pretty simplified system right now. They're only asking him to read half of the field at a time. But I was really impressed by that two-minute drive that he had there when he found that touchdown to uh, Horstead. And Jesper Horstead's comments about Justin Fields on that throw was probably the quote of the preseason, if you ask me, A-Dub. He said that was an example of the power of Justin Fields on that throw. Yeah, Perez. 
That was definitely that. But the one part about that play, Prez, that really excited me, though, was when he stepped up in the pocket, Prez. He stepped up in the pocket, and then he rolled right. Then he threw that pass. I was like, you know what? That's a quarterback who sees it. He sees what's happening. He understands the pressure. And he also know how to read what the defense is doing and what our offensive player is going to do as well, the tight end. And he's going to deliver it. So I thought the fact that how he was reading the field press was definitely uh, big for me as well. Fair point. Let's let's talk about the other quarterback real quick. So earlier we teased in the episode, we revisited the Nick Foles trade that Ryan Pace made. And coming into this game, A-Dub, I had Nick Foles as a guy that I was penciling and saying, hey, I want to see what this guy's going to do. And you know why I wanted to see what he was going to do in this game? It's because I wanted to see if he was going to step up and make some plays out there to increase his trade value. Because I want to make sure that Nick Foles gets to the Colts. If you want to be an indie, Nick, then let's <laughs> make sure we get you there. But I was very, very happy with what I saw. Nick Foles was carving up that defense for the Titans yesterday. He did what he was supposed to do as a veteran. A-Dub, I hope he did enough for him to get to where he wants to get to. I will say this, Prez. Nick Foles did not disappoint. <laughs> he really did, man. He was carving it out, Prez, hitting different uh, receivers. He was out there making plays, man. And um, it's like he got hot. He got hot. I mean, he kind of started off like, what, seven for seven, something like that. And uh, he was cooking, man. So kudos to Nick Foles. You know, he thinks he's better than being a third-stream quarterback. He feels he probably can be a number two or number one somewhere, Perez. And he did make a case for himself. Oh, yeah, he definitely did. And I hope it was enough of a case for us to get a fifth-round draft pick or something in return where we could try to salvage what we can from that damn awful trade that you made, Ryan Pace. But nevertheless, Nick Foles, I thought he did that thing. Let's get that fifth-round draft pick now, Pace. Let's get it. Let's go. Get on the phone and work, baby. <laughs> A-Dub, let's switch over to defense real quick. I wanted to get your thoughts on what you saw from defense in this ballgame. Because what I will say is I want to point out to one person before you go, I want to give a shout-out to Danny Trevathan. Yes. <laughs> Danny Trevathan has been getting beat up by this, uh, by this fan base for, you know, having a so-so season last year. And a lot of times people will kind of forget this guy is still a good player. And he reminded you of that in that first quarter of the game yesterday. He looked great in coverage. He made that pick. I think Danny T is ready for the regular season, bro. Prez, I was impressed with Danny T. I think he heard about you guys talking about other, other guys on this team who's competition for him. And he came out and showed that, look, I'm still Danny T. I still know how to play this game. I like his movement, Prez. I like them in coverage. I even liked him when he was actually stopping run plays. I mean, he was all over the field. So I was very impressed with Danny T. And most important to what you said, Perez, I was impressed with him in coverage, bro. He did a very good job in coverage. Yeah, because to the point that you're making, he's probably been listening to the Alec Ogletree love from the fan base. I mean, even you and I were high on what we see from Alec Ogletree in practice. I mean, all Alec Ogletree's been doing is intercepting Andy Dalton. So he... <laughs> <laughs> very good point, Perez. <laughs> but... You know, but I think that that's something that motivated Danny T. And you can see him when he was on the sideline. I was like, yeah, buddy, you are ready. You are ready. He was, man. He showed out too, Prez. I was so happy for him. I said, man, Danny T on the money today, man. He ain't playing around. So I hope he keep that up all season, Prez, because I am rooting for the brother, man. I want to see him do well. Who else did you have on defense besides Danny? I had Gibson. Okay. Gibson was out there applying pressure, Prez, coming off the edge. I, I like what I saw. Matter of fact, I was envisioning him and Khalil Mack together, Prince. That was going through my mind. I said, man, this dude continue to work. 
He's getting around Perez, putting pressure out there. Matter of fact, one of his pressures led to an interception, Perez. Uh, Robinson getting the interception, pick six, you know? But I was like, that all started from Gibson putting that pressure out there, man. So it's like, hey, if he's going to continue doing that, Perez, I will love it, man. That's going to be a joy to watch. And he's going to cut into those snaps for Quinn for sure. Now, A-Dub, I'm 130% behind you on that one because you know I've been riding the Travis Gibson train all training camp. That yes, kid in drills has been impressive. You could tell how he's bulked up. He's got that NFL build now as opposed to a year ago. And he just looks like he belongs in the league right now. He's got confidence. And to your point, A-Dub, he was living in the backfield yesterday. Every big play that we made on defense, it was because 99 was making something happen in that backfield. He was a joy to watch yesterday, Perez. I'm not going to lie to you, man. And you're right. You've been talking him up all training camp, Perez. You've been on it. You've been watching this guy. You've been bringing his name up on plenty of occasions, man. And um, look, he didn't disappoint at all, Perez, at all against the Titans. No, I mean, look, Trey Robinson's pick six was because of Travis Gibson. Exactly. Getting that pressure in. I mean, dude, I love that point that you made about Khalil Mack and a Travis Gibson coming off the edge together. That would be sick on a passing down, on a third and long, and you got both those guys coming off that edge. Boy, that sounds beautiful. Yes, it does. And we ain't got to wait for Quinn, Prez. We don't have to wait. We got somebody else that can do the job, too. And I'm confident in Gibson now, Prez. I really am. Because he's been consistent, like you were saying. He's been consistent throughout. So it's been a joy to watch, man. You'd like to see guys develop and grow, Prez. And he's one of those guys that just came out and said, look, I want this opportunity. I'm going for it. Yeah, he did. Another guy that I think is ready for the season. And we've kind of had some worries about him. He's had a lot of situations that have gone on this summer. But Andy Goldman, that dude's a grown-ass man. He was collapsing the pocket, making big plays in the middle of the field, A-Dub. This defensive line, oh, my God. It's going to be a problem for y'all in the NFL this season. It's going to be a problem. When we get our entire defensive line out there, Perez, our starters, they're going to wreak havoc, man. And Eddie Goldman... Is not showing any signs of slowing down, Perez. He's picking up where he left off at. Eddie Goldman looked good, Perez. I was like, whoa, like you said, man. He was stopping guys. He was clogging up that middle, like you were saying, man. And he wasn't giving up anything. No ground. You couldn't push him off to push extending back those um, offensive linemen back. So I was excited for Eddie Goldman. Uh, that's definitely facts right there. Anything in this game that concerns you, whether it was on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball, A-Dub? What concerned me, Perez, on the offensive side of the ball, and I may have talked about this already, is around the fact of how our offensive line gel. And what I mean by that, Prez, is the penalties. The penalties do hurt, Prez. They really do. They have impact, man, major impact. Those things add up, Prez, and I think our line really got to do a better job at that. We don't have a running game, man. I feel bad for our running backs because they cannot be effective in the game if we don't get a good run blocking out there. No, that's a, a fair point. I think that offensive line is going to be key. You know, we talked about that on the last yeah. episode. As this offensive line goes, the offense goes. And so I think when we look at it, that O-line struggled in the first quarter yesterday. We talked earlier about Fetty, you right. know, causing that sack. He had a false start in the second quarter. He didn't have such a, you know, a good path there. But also, there was no push in the run game. Right. But I will say that they did settle in a bit in that second quarter. They only gave up the one sack, but that's still an area of that offensive line that I'm still going to be keeping my eye on, A-Dub. Yes, sir. I'm with you there, Perez. Another thing I was concerned about was Matt Nagy's play calling in the first half. Now, I know yes. these listeners, you guys are probably like, man, I knew it was coming. Yep. Well, don't be surprised. 
because <laughs> I've seen nothing from this offense in this preseason that gives me any sort of reason to think that this offense is going to come out week one and get the job done. And listen, I understand, listeners, that the preseason is for evaluation and Matt Nagy's not going to show all his good looks. I get that. But there's still other teams that I'm watching that are moving the football down the field. Right. And they're not showing a lot. Exactly. So when I'm looking at this, the only thing that I got from this finale was that Justin Fields is getting closer to being ready. But other than that, that was it. I didn't see anything from Matt Nagy's first half play calling that did anything. And in fact, I thought that he kind of held Justin Fields back in that first half, if you ask me. Right, right. Good point, Perez. You're right about that. That is on Nagy, Perez. Those plays that were being called, they were so predictable. It was like, you're not doing anything to disguise anything. What are we trying to do here? And I think Nagy going to have to really think about his play calling because he mentioned already it was a complicated playbook. But still, if something's that complicated, Perez, do we really want to run it if it's going to be that complicated? So for me, you're right. Matt Nagy, this play calling, Perez, that's going to be a big key going to the first game because right now it has taken this offense too long to start to execute, right? And I think it took, what, three possessions before we were able to start to get some things going. This is the main reason, A-Dub, why I'm coming after him for this play calling from the game yesterday, was that he was super conservative with the way that he was calling those plays. And I thought the point of him putting Justin Fields out there yesterday as a starter was for him to evaluate him. Because if Justin Fields is going to be our quarterback in the future, which we all know he will be, then the point is to evaluate him. So if you want to evaluate him, give him opportunities where you can see what he can do. And so he didn't really open things up for Justin Fields into that two-minute drill, which was Fields' final drive of the game, and that was the drive where he threw that dime ball to right. Justin Horstead. Good point you're making there, Perez. We weren't in attack mode. Our offense was not in attack mode. Like you said, we were just like, ah, we're going to run this play here and there, right, and see what happens. But you got to be in attack mode, man. And when he unleashed Fields, we saw what can happen. He can make plays. We can get some things going, and we can get into that end zone. That's the difference right there. No, that's definitely facts there. Were there any other areas of concern for you from this one? Not from the offensive side, but definitely on the defensive side, that's secondary. It's still a problem. That secondary is going to have to get better. We cannot do defensive line any justice if we don't get our cornerbacks working cohesively and making big plays. That's a fair call out. Like I said, Vildor... He hasn't seized this opportunity. Same thing with Duke Shelley. There's opportunities for these these jobs, and guys didn't go out and snatch the jobs like Jesper Horstead did on the offensive side of the ball yesterday. Right. But then also, another guy that I looked at and I was a little concerned about was uh, Thomas Graham Jr. Now, he's a rookie from Oregon, and he's someone in training camp that I've liked. I've liked what I've seen from him, and he's competing for a roster spot. But I thought he had a pretty tough game yesterday overall. It was tough, Perez. It was tough. But it shows that um, he has a lot of heart, which I like, and you and I both like that part of him. But you're right. You can see that he still needs some development, Perez, and that coverage. He got beat several times out there, too. And I was like, ah, got to be better there, young man. Got to be better. He did have that nice pass breakup late in the game. Yeah. He got beat for that touchdown in the end zone. And this is the thing, too, A-Dub. You always talk about you want these guys to play more on the island. You want them to play more manned up. Well, you had an opportunity where we had our rookie lined up on an island and he got beat. And that's one of those things where he just didn't read the play correctly. He did not read it at all, Perez. You're right. He didn't read it correctly and it came back to bite him in the butt. 
And that's something he's going to have to be better at. He's going to have to go look at film on that play press and watch where he went wrong at. But that's going to be a good learning opportunity for him moving forward. It's good that he got the opportunity to learn now in preseason than in the regular season. So we'll see what happens with him going forward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, one of the things that I talked about and I harped on with this defense all offseason, A-Dub, was getting takeaways, right? Yes. Because when your defense can create offense, you're just a much better team. Think back to those Lovey Smith defenses back in the day. Think back to the Fangio defense when they were taking the ball away in 2018, right? Those were some fun and exciting teams to watch. Now, I will say this. There have been times where I've been kind of looking at this Bears defense saying, all right, well, you guys got a couple things you got to work on, tackling and you know, and, and things like that, coverage in the secondary. But right. they are getting takeaways, and that's been encouraging. I loved every time that damn takeaway bucket comes out and those guys are slamming <laughs> the, ball, the football in there. I love that. Me and too. I will say this, A-Dub. If we can see that happening in this season, I think that this is going to dramatically help Andy Dalton in that Bears offense. Yeah, that's going to change the scope of a lot of things, Perez, with that. We get takeaways because that's going to give a little bit more momentum to the offense side of it, right? I think that can go both ways, momentum shift. So I'm looking forward to us seeing getting more takeaways. We've been doing that pretty much all through preseason, creating turnovers. So that's something I have been enjoying watching from the Bears. And hopefully we can get back to doing that in the regular season as well. So that's something we're going to keep an eye on, Perez. We getting turnovers, Perez. That's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, because that was an area that we hadn't seen much of in the last couple of years. And I think that if we get that defense back to playing at that level, we're going to be really, really good. Absolutely. And I think a big part of that press is applying pressure. We saw what pressure can do. A lot of those turns were created because of pressure, Perez. We get pressure in that quarterback, they can make some bad throws. We saw two tough throws from the quarterback against the Titans last game. So you can see what that pressure can do to you. And that's why I'm so high on this front seven, because with us having, I think, one of the top defensive line units in the league is going to be imperative for those guys to apply that pressure and get after these damn opposing quarterbacks. So I'm really excited to see that because then that helps take the pressure off of the secondary, which I do have some concerns with, with the slot corner and the second uh, quarterback position opposite of Jalen Johnson. So if we can get some pressure on these quarterbacks, then it allows these young guys that are going to be taking those jobs to settle in a little bit. Yeah, and they can't be dropping um, catches out there either, right? Because I saw Duke Shelley miss the opportunity for interception. He dropped that pass, man. And I was like, oh, jeez, you can't do that, man. Get the turnover, man. Get it. Got to get it. Shit, he wasn't the only one. Josh Woods as well on another great play by Travis Gibson, right? Yep. And he didn't catch it. And this is a guy that's trying to make this ball club, which is probably not going to happen for him. But those are just (laughs) plays that you got to have. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Can't leave leave those plays out there like that. You got to make it. Got to make them. And that's what this football team has been about, Perez, from the preseason. Also in training camp is about creating those turnovers. And we can't miss those opportunities there. I got two more guys that I wanted to give uh, a shout out to before we get into the uh, roster cut predictions uh, to close out the show. So I thought that Christian Jones, A-Dub, man, bro, he already had a roster spot locked up. But his performance in that game yesterday, I, when I was watching it, I'm sitting here, I'm like, is that 57 again? He right. was all <laughs> over the field, bro. Yeah, All over man. the field. He was, Perez. I was impressed with him, too. But one of the things I was impressed with him about, though, Perez, was his versatility. He's playing inside, and he's also playing outside linebacker as well. And I was like, you know what? You can move this guy around, Perez, which is a good thing. So he was, like you say, he was all over the field. But, man, he was playing multiple roles, too. He shows me a lot that what he can do, getting those tackles, Perez, and making a lot of things happen out there. So very impressive game for him. 
Well, that's what you need from a reserve linebacker. And the fact that he can interchange, as you mentioned, great point. And also, too, he played on special teams as well. And right. so I think that'll be something that'll help those coverage units, having a guy like that out there on those units. So very good job by Christian Jones. I'm glad that he's on this roster because you and I talked about that inside linebacker position last year, the depth-wise of it being a little bit of an area of concern. Well, that's no longer a concern when you look at that depth this year with you have a guy like Jones and Ogletree back in a Roquan and Danny T. Absolutely, Perez. I got no concerns with that unit there. The last guy that I want to give a shout-out to was your boy Iggy. Now, I thought that he had a really strong performance, and I wish that he'd have been playing like that earlier in the preseason because that man right there was playing like a guy that said, you know what, I want to stay on this team. I love Chicago. I want to be here. He played his ass off. He was all yes, over the did. field making plays on defense, and he looked really good on special teams. Yeah, I like Iggy, man. You're right, Press. He did. He came out there, gave it his all. I mean, he left it all on the field. That's one that I give him credit for. He left it all out there and said, look, this is my last chance. Look, somebody else can see this game and say, look, I can play. I understand this team here, the Bears, they are loaded at certain positions, and I get it. But, man, he did leave it all out on the field, Perez, and I was happy for him. Let's just think about it, man. There's only 53 spots that are going to be available on this roster. So a lot of these guys yesterday were just trying to put tape out there for other teams in the league to be able to see what they could do, right? And right. So I think that was a great point that you made on him. So if let's just say, for instance, if the Bears decide to move away from him and he clears waivers, then that opens up a spot for him to sign with another team. Now, we'll see what happens there. Right, absolutely. We'll see what happens there. But I believe, Perez, that he'll be playing somewhere at some point. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, here, let me let me get into my roster cut predictions before we get out of here, A-Dub. So now in the quarterback room, I don't see anybody getting cut. I think we're going to open the season with Dalton, Fields, and Foles, unless we get Foles traded, which I really, <laughs> really fucking hope that that happens. But Me nevertheless. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. Yeah, but nevertheless, I think that we're going to be pretty solid there. Now, as far as the running back position, I was thinking that the battle was coming down between Ryan Nall and Artivis Pierce for that fourth running back spot. Because, listeners, keep in mind, Tariq Cohen is probably going to open the season on the IR, which means that one of these guys will just take Tariq Cohen's spot until he comes back. But I think that Artivis Pierce is going to be the one that's going to end up getting cut. The reason why I say that, A-Dub, is I think that Ryan Nall is only going to stick around because of his ability on special teams. But you already know how I feel about Ryan Nall. He brings nothing as far as <laughs> offense is concerned. He was in that game yesterday. I just shook my head because I was like, well, <laughs> this guy here just infuriates me. Just infuriates me. <laughs> That's your boy, Big Dave guy, man. But I do feel bad for Pierce. I don't think he's, I think he's going to get cut for his. Pierce not going to make it. And he didn't show me enough either. So neither one of them really showed me a lot. <laughs> but it's like, which one are you going to go with, right? It's a toss-up there. So at some point, I think both of them should be gone. Well, they're both going to be gone when Tariq Cohen comes back. But I think right. that I think Pierce is going to be the one that's going to go now. Maybe he'll end up making it back on the, the team as on the practice squad because mm-hmm. they are going to allow 16 spots on the practice squad. So we should see a lot of these guys make it back. But Pierce, I think, is going to be a guy that they're going to cut. He's not going to make the 53, man. Yeah, and I feel bad for him because you're right. You and I talked about this already, Press. The running back room is pretty much loaded. And Pierce is not a bad running back like that. But again, you got so many guys, so many weapons back there, Press. It just makes it tougher. Yeah, I mean, he just needs to develop a little bit more. He'll be good as it goes on, as it continues. Exactly. All right, A-Dub. So the wide receiver room. 
This is what it was that we talked about earlier being a position that's loaded. You got A-Rob, you got Mooney, Mm -hmm. you got Bird. I mean, you got Goodwin, you got Daz Newsom. And I think that my boy Rodney Adams has made this 53-man roster, A-Dub. So when I look at guys that aren't going to make this team, I'm looking at you, Riley, really. I'm looking at you, Chris Lacey. I'm looking at you, Isaiah Coulter. And I'm looking at you, John Vay Johnson. When you and I talked about Riley Ridley this offseason, we said Riley Ridley didn't get a lot of opportunities to show what he could do last season with Matt Nagy in this office. And I said, well, no more excuses for Riley Ridley. He's going to have to do something this summer or he may not have a job. Well, I think his time on this Bears roster has uh, come to an end. Chris, I feel bad for Riley Ridley. It's been a tough go for him, man. You've been pulling for him, Chris. I have as well. But he didn't make a lot of noise for us. That's probably going to lead to him being cut from the team, Perez. Other guys came to play, stood out more so than him. You mentioned Adams. He came to play. We didn't see that kind of excitement or that spark from Riley really out there, Perez. And unfortunately, that might be the reason why he's no longer be on the team. Now, we talked earlier about the tight end group. And that tight end group is headlined by Cole Komet. You got Jimmy Graham. You got James. And then you also got J.P. Holtz. And so heading into this game yesterday, I thought, all right, we're pretty solidified there with those top four. I felt like Jesper Horstead probably would have been the guy that they would have cut and he would have ended up making it back with his team on the practice squad. Well, guess what, A-Dub? After his three-touchdown game yesterday, you got to get this guy on a 53-man roster. And with that being said, I think Scooter Harrington is not going to make it on this ball club. And I think they're going to find a way to get Jesper Horstead on the 53-man roster. I'm with you there, Perez. Horstead made his presence felt out there on the field, Perez. Those three TDs was not a joke out there, man. The guy ran some very good routes. One a slant, another one, you know, uh, a nice little pass with one hand and the one from Fields you talked about earlier already. The guy, man, was, was exciting to watch, Perez, and I think he should make the roster. So I'm pulling for him, Perez. I think he's going to be on the team, though, but I'm excited. Yeah, no, and I agree with that, man. I really do. Let's circle back to the offensive line. So right now with the offensive line group, you have Peters, who's going to be the projected week one starter at left tackle. Right. You have Cody White here. You have Sam Mustafer. You got James Daniels. And then you have Jermaine Effetti. So those are going to be your starting five right there. Mm-hmm. But then off the bench, you're going to have, I'm, and this is just my opinion, I think Alex Bars makes the team. I think Lachavius Simmons makes the team by default. I think you'll have a guy like Borum that'll make the team. And so I think right there, you're going to have a lot of guys, you know, backing up that are going to be guys that we're just trying to just make sure that we have enough versatile guys behind that starting lineup unit right. that are going to be able to come in here and, and get some things done. I do want to see more Borum to see him continue to develop and grow, Perez. Alex Barr has been down this road with us last year. I mean, he played all over the, over, over the place on the offensive line. So I think, you know, with what you're saying, Perez, it's good to have some guys on the team for depth piece. And I think these guys can probably add to that and help out. No, absolutely. And now one thing that I do want to just remind the listeners, though, is that Tevin Jenkins, he's placed on IR, I believe. So he that means he's already got a, a roster spot already. And then the only other guy that, that I forgot to mention, A-Dub, was Elijah Wilkinson, who also struggled along with Lachavius Simmons. But I think yeah. that those are the guys that end up making this uh, this team. Yeah, Wilkinson, I was not impressed with Prez. He got some work to do, I'll say that much. But Jenkins, he has a long way to go for recovery, Prez, and all that stuff. So 
We'll see when we see him, right? It's unfortunate that he had to go through the injury, and that's always a setback, but you kind of feel bad for a kid like him because I know how hard he wants to play, and uh, I know how much the game means to him at this point. No, that's a fair point. So with the offensive line, I think the cuts that we're going to see there is uh, Dieter Eastland, Adam Richmond, Tyrone Wheatley Jr., and Arlington Hambrick. And I was going to say this, too. When I see Tyrone Wheatley Jr. on the Bears, that just makes me feel incredibly old, eh, Dub? <laughs> I feel you on that note, man. All right. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. So that defensive line, we've already talked about it, A-Dub. That position group is one of the strongest position groups on the team. I've already told you guys earlier the depth and the top-level talent that we have on that defensive line, so I'm not going to repeat myself. But the cuts that I see happen on this defensive line is going to be Lakel London. He ended up leaving the game yesterday. It looked like it was an elbow injury that he had. He's been decent in training camp. Maybe he'll be a guy that will come back and be practice squad for us. Right. Uh, one guy that, that's going to be cut, and I don't think it's because of him as a player, it's just because of a numbers thing, is Daniel uh, Archibald. All offseason, meaning preseason games and also in training camp, he's flashed out there. He's looked very he strong at the point of attack, and he's someone that I really hope somehow makes it back on the practice squad. It's just a numbers game because they have so much talent on that defensive line they do. That's true, Prez. I like him, man. I really do. It's just that, right, we got a loaded group here, man. It's not a lot of room for everyone, but I'm hoping he make it through on the practice squad. Let's talk about inside linebacker. So, obviously, we got Roquan and Danny T at the top of the food chain there. And you and I both have talked about the fact that we think that Christian and also uh, your boy Ogletree are going to lock in at the reserve spots. So, which meant that I think... Unfortunately, Caleb Johnson is not going to make the 53-man roster. However, I think Caleb Johnson showed enough that he should be added to the practice squad. I also think that Josh Woods is probably not going to make this team. We'll see what happens there. Maybe he'll fall back on the practice squad. And I think Iggy has done enough to make this team. I think that he might edge out those other two guys. I think he did enough in that in that game yesterday. And also, Iggy is a very good key special teams player. I think that's going to be key for us. Yeah, I like your thoughts on that, Prez. I think Josh Woods did struggle a lot, um, even in coverage, Prez. He couldn't really get the uh, the stoppage out there with tackle-wise. I mean, he'd give about, what, five or six yards before you make a tackle, right? So he didn't look good out there. So he might be one of those guys, like you said, that might get cut. Iggy, I'm like, oh, I'm 50-50 with him, Prez. At one point, I'm like, hey, this guy made some good plays. But I wonder, is it enough for the Bears? So I'm rooting for him. I hope he makes the roster, Prez. But, man, it's going to be tough, though, too, for him. Oh, yeah. It's going to definitely come down to the wire. So we'll see what happens there for sure. Yes, sir. Outside linebacker, no surprise. Khalil Mack, he's a bad man. Got Robert Quinn. He's on that milk carton. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta find him, brother. Gotta find him. (laughs) We got our boy Travis Gibson, who's been the damn player of the whole preseason, in my opinion, outside of Justin Fields. Yes, sir. And then Jeremiah Atochu. So those are your guys there at outside linebacker, which means that I think. James Valders, Charles Snowden, and Sam Kamara are going to be your cuts. Now, I will say this. Charles Snowden is a guy that I've been pretty high on just from watching him out there at Hallis Hall. And I really hope that for somehow he can land on that practice squad. And Sam Kamara has been very impressive in some of these games. He's shown up pretty well, too. So that's another guy that I really hope somehow we can keep on that, on that practice squad. It's just a numbers game. You got to look yeah. at the talent that they have at that outside linebacker position and the fact that they weren't going to be able to beat out Gibson or Atuchu for those backup spots. 
you totally right about that. But man, Sam was out there making uh, some good plays out there, Perez. He was stopping that run for sure, man. I gotta give him a lot of credit for that. So it'd be sad to see him not make it. But you know, I totally get it. Like you said, with a numbers game, if he make the practice squad, that's good too. And I think it's it's probably a very high chance that he actually ends up making it a dub. But you never know because we're just thinking about our players. But Ryan Pace and those scouts, they're constantly combing and scouting and seeing what players are out there. So you never know what they have up their sleeve. They may have different ideas for some of these roster spots. So you just never know. Exactly, Perez. That's a good point you brought up, man, because, you know, the Bears are still looking to get better. You know, that's one thing you always want to do going to the season. Anywhere you can get better at, you'll do it. So you're right. We still got our eyes on, open on what's going on out there outside of uh, the Bears universe. All right, the quarterback position, which you and I have some, some concerns with, but we got Jalen Johnson, who's our lead dog now. Right. We got Kendall Vildor. We got Artie Burns, Duke Shelley, Desmond Trufant, and Thomas Graham Jr. I think those are going to be your top six corners. That's a decent little quarterback room. However, I really just think that that's going to be an area that you may see Ryan Pace go outside the organization and pick somebody up. It just wouldn't surprise me. But what I think for his cuts is concerned, Trey Roberson, Deontay Ruffin, and Xavier Crawford. I think those are going to be your three people that are going to not make this ball club. I kind of feel bad for Robinson, right? After making that big pick six out there, man, he's not getting an opportunity to make it. But that's probably the only thing I've seen him do well, really, throughout the preseason. But, man, you know, I like to see guys go out of bang, Fred. So if you make the practice squad, that's good, too, because I have not been impressed with the guys that we currently have. I see Jalen Johnson, but no one else is very impressive out there. Yeah, I mean, it's just we just haven't seen enough for these guys. This is a group that, it's just so-so, in my opinion. I mean, Artie Burns, he looked impressive to me in the second game. And then yesterday, you know, I didn't really see what I thought I was going to see from Artie. But I think he still makes this ball club. Duke Shelley, you guys already have heard my talking points on him, so I'm not going to repeat that. Desmond Trufant, we just haven't seen enough of him. So it's just, we just don't know what we have. So it's going to be a question mark what we're going to get. And that's why it's going to be very imperative for the, the front seven to get some pressure on the quarterback. Because if not, I think these corners are going to have a pretty difficult time out there, A-Dub. I hope True Front can bring us something, Prez. I really do, man. We'll see. We'll see how it all shapes up. All right, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. At safety, I see Eddie Jackson, Tayshawn Gibson, Deion Bush, DeAndre Houston Carson, and Marky Christian, who's someone that I've been really high on this offseason. He's performed very well here, and I think that he's made a nice little push to make it onto the roster. And I think that he makes this team because listeners don't forget that Mario Edwards Jr. is going to have to serve a two-game suspension for that PED. I brought it up on the last episode. But I think Marky Christian will start out the season on the roster, and he's going to get that spot that's uh, Mario Edwards Jr.'s spot. But those are the guys that I see that the Bears are going to keep at that safety room. They're going to keep five safeties. And I think that they're going to end up cutting Tease Tabor. He's a nice young player that I think will end up making it back onto the practice squad. I can see that there happening there, Perez. I will say with Christian, man, he came out there against the Titans and really showed his butt off, man. He was out there making some plays. He was physical out there, Perez. So you got to root for a guy like that. All right. Lastly, as I mentioned earlier in the show, kicker was a major problem for this team a couple years ago. Now we're at a point of strength because not only do we have one kicker, but we got two kickers. In fact, I've been so impressed by Brian Johnson, even though I know he's going to get cut, but I hope some kind of way he makes it back through waivers that he can get on that practice squad because it would be a nice luxury to have a kicker waiting in the wings if something were to unfortunately happen with Cairo Santos at some point in the season. But 
we are spoiled finally here in Chicago with having multiple kickers. I'm feeling happy about that area, Prez. Having multiple kickers who can do their job. You got to love that, man. But you're right. If something would happen to Santos, it's good to have somebody else who can come in and do the job as well. And what a luxury to have that. I mean, shit, a couple of years ago, we were sitting over here having kicking competitions and all kind of stupid bullshit. We were talking about <laughs> kickers so much. I'm sitting here, why am I talking about a kicker so much? What the hell is going on here in Chicago? Well, we haven't had to talk about kickers much except for the fact that we got two guys that I think are pretty solid and Cairo is one of the best in the league. So we're very fortunate. Man, one thing I will say, Prez, we haven't called Santos' name much at all, but I will just say that's because he's been doing his job. We had nothing negative to say about him at all whatsoever, and he had done a great job last season, and I believe he's going to do the same thing this coming season. So salute to you, Santos. You've been great. Yes, sir, and I'm looking forward to him picking up where he left off last season, A-Dub. Yes, well, sir. Listeners, we are at the end of the preseason. This offseason has been fun. We talked with you guys about pre-draft stuff. We talked to you about draft content. We talked about training camp stuff. We talked about preseason. But now the regular season is on the horizon. In two weeks, football is back, baby. And our Bears will be heading to L.A. for a week one matchup against the Rams. A-Dub and I are going to be doing a season preview episode next week. And then we're going to kick off our regular Bears content as we did last season. A-Dub, I am so excited for the start of this season, brother. It's been a fun offseason with you, man, but it's time to get back to the real deal and talking about some games that count, baby. Yes, sir. I'm ready for that, Perez. I am ready for football. Time to go, baby. Talk to him, A-Dub. Listeners, thank you so much for your continued support. We are out. A-Dub, gonna sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Barry Centers Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this show. Bears Nation, come down with us.